So, good, uh, good morning once again. Uh, as you know, and as I've outlined already, we've been, uh, we've been looking at various psalms over the past few weeks, considering what they teach us about prayer. Um, perhaps often we, we find when we, when we think about prayer, and maybe even you're sitting there thinking this now, um, when we think about prayer in a focused way like this, it can bring up maybe feelings of guilt, of uh, make us feel a little bit uncomfortable maybe, make us feel like really shine a light on where we fall short. Um, as we think about how deficient our own prayer lives are. How we forget to pray or how uh, things, uh, you know, just the life gets on top of us and we don't have time for prayer. We find it hard to pray, maybe. We don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray. All common feelings. All common feelings. So if you're feeling anything like that this morning, I'm sure you're not alone. And uh, feeling those things aren't the purpose of this little series of talks. We're not here to make, try and make you feel guilty about not praying or anything like that. No, the hope is, of course, that as we delve into the Psalms, we're inviting the Holy Spirit to teach us things. To teach us things uh, for our mind to understand and also things deep in our soul that we can't put into words on that level. So we've already uh, looked at Psalm 39 and how we can pray in hurt. We've already looked at Psalm 32 and how we can pray in repentance and today we're going to open up Psalm 27. If you've got your Bibles there, please do that uh, with me as well. And we're going to be thinking about how we pray in confidence. How we pray in confidence. So let's read that together now. Psalm 27 should come up on the screen. There we go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it's my enemies and foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his faiths. 
your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Wow, there's so much in there, isn't there? There's so much in there. It's a great one. Um, got me thinking, this summer has been a big summer for sport. Um, please don't switch off if you're not a sports fan. We're not going to talk about this for long. It, it, it's a big summer of sport, hasn't it? Um, and one of the biggest events, well, we had the Olympics, but one of the biggest events, perhaps, for us here in England was... Are we still talking about this? It was painful at the end, wasn't it? But uh, is the football, of course, the Euro Football Championship, the final held at Wembley, a final we reached. And we all know what happened, don't we? Those three lads who missed their penalties. What a terrible blow for the whole nation and for them personally. Uh, and the one who lots of people particularly felt bad for was uh, Bukayo Saka, who is the young Arsenal player. He's only 19 years old. Uh, imagine what something like that does for your confidence. He's young, it's his first major tournament, and now he goes forward from here with the knowledge that when it came to it, he missed that penalty. It's enough to completely crush a young man, isn't it? Completely crush his confidence. You'd imagine he has a lot of people around him. Well, you'd hope he has a lot of people around him now trying to help him with that and build him up again. I wonder that whether that's how it can be with our prayer life. Perhaps we've had bad experiences of prayer, that we've prayed earnestly for something in the past, maybe something potentially really important to us, and it's seemingly gone unanswered, as though God isn't even listening, or he hasn't heard us. Perhaps we feel we aren't good enough to pray, that we aren't worthy to speak with God, I remember one particular guest on an Alpha course I was leading, um, who was, he was a homeless guy actually, addicted to drugs and alcohol, um, and just felt like he was right at the bottom of society. And I remember him saying to me that he just didn't feel worthy to pray or even to be a Christian because he was so ashamed of who he was. Well... That's not how God sees us. I hope you know that. And we'll see that shortly as well. When David, uh, well, with what David has to say. But when we look um, 
at David here, writing Psalm 27. Perhaps we feel totally inferior in our prayer. Perhaps the Psalms can have that effect when we read them. The eloquence of the language, the confidence of the prayer. How can David be so confident in prayer and in his approach to God? How can he be so confident? He even specifically mentioned his confidence, doesn't he? Verses 3 and 13 there. So what is it about David that gives him the confidence to pray in this way, to pray earnestly, to approach God? How does David pray in such confidence? And I think we find the answer in the very first verse. There's so much we can look at in this whole psalm, and we could, in fact, do a whole preaching series for weeks and weeks and weeks on this one psalm. I think we're going to look at potentially this one verse at the beginning of the psalm. And it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Bukayo Saka um, may now be feeling uh, totally fearful, paralysed with fear, potentially, of taking another important penalty. Maybe for the rest of his life. I don't know. Because he now has the knowledge that he missed that vital penalty in a big final. But imagine he'd scored it. Imagine he'd scored it. It would have changed everything, wouldn't it? He would have gone forward in his career knowing that he'd scored his penalty on the biggest stage of all and given him confidence that he could do it again. And similarly, I think it's that it's knowledge that affects the way we pray. Knowledge affects the way we pray. And I think that's what David is showing us here. And by knowledge, I don't mean qualifications. I don't mean being academic. I, I don't mean being a genius or having a massively high IQ or anything like that. What I mean is simply knowing truths, simple truths about who God is and our relationship to him. Because look how David starts this psalm. He starts with three simple truths. Did you notice that? One, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. Two, the Lord is my salvation. And three, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. That's how he starts this psalm. It's the first thing he's got to say, as if it's the springboard for everything else he's about to say in the psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Notice that it's not the Lord gives me light and salvation. It's a little point, isn't it? But he doesn't give me light and salvation. It's that he is, he is my light and my salvation. That the Lord Jesus belongs to David and David belongs to him. Just as is written in Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. He says, my beloved is mine 
and I am his. That they are bound together in this union and David benefits from the wonders held in Christ, namely his light and his salvation becomes David's and yours. Charles Spurgeon, the great Victorian preacher, have you heard of him? If you go and look at Google him, he's got a really good beard. In fact, he'd, he'd fit in well around the Shoreditch and stuff now, I'm sure. He'd, uh, he says this, he puts it like this. My light, my salvation, the soul is assured of it and therefore declaring it boldly. Salvation finds us in the dark, but it does not leave us there. It gives light to those who sit in the valley of the shadow of death. After conversion, our God is our joy, comfort, guide, teacher, and in every sense, our light. David then proclaims after that the Lord is uh, his salvation and his light, he proclaims that the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Sometimes you'll see that translated as that he's the strength of my life. It's David's acknowledgement that all his strength, all his security, everything he has, and we find this time and time again in the Psalms, don't we? is derived from his creator. If it's the Lord's desire to make us strong, there's nothing on, in heaven or on earth that can weaken us. Leading David to ask that question, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? That's why. And the answer is nothing and nobody. And it's the knowledge, right, it's the knowledge of those three simple truths that the Lord is David's light, his salvation, and the stronghold of his life that allowed David to pray with such confidence. It's as simple as that. that those are the things that allow David to pray with such confidence, knowing that he's united with Christ, his mediator, and shares his light and his salvation. And what we know here is that for David, this isn't just head knowledge. This is deep down knowledge. Deep down knowledge in his soul. Knowledge that when he approaches God in prayer, he doesn't do that as a stranger, but as a child. Just before I, um, we, we began this service this morning, um, somebody actually uh, said to me uh, that verse 10 of this psalm has had a huge impact on their life. I don't know if you've got your Bibles there. But verse 10 reads this. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Though my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. And that is something that can be <laughs> incredibly hard for us to 
comprehend, to come to the grips to, to really accept. Particularly as um, so often and way too often, our earthly fathers <laughs> don't live up anywhere near to the standard <laughs> set before them by our heavenly father. Perhaps we've had really terrible experiences in our lives of, par- of parenting, of our parents. Some of, for some of us, that's true. From that, we need healing. And David acknowledges that here, doesn't he? Although my mother and father might forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That despite our earthly circumstances, no matter what our experience has been in relationships, in earthly relationships, even as close as a mother and father and their child, even if our experience of those relationships have not been good, that what we have here when we approach the Lord is the perfect father. The father that every earthly father is supposed to be attempting to reflect and imitate, although we often, well, we usually fail. And the knowledge of that for David must have a huge impact must have a huge impact that he can confidently as a child approach his father come into his presence no matter what state he's in no matter whether he's wandered in at 3 a.m in an absolute state or not he can come before his father enter his presence and he knows that he's welcome that he's going to be heard he's going to be cared for What knowledge that is. And that type of verse, verse 10 there, as I say, is very, very important for us to understand who our God is. So, as you sit here today, what do you know about your relationship to Jesus, to your Father in heaven? to the Holy Spirit. Perhaps all this Jesus stuff is quite new to you. Um, Perhaps you're not quite sure what to make of it all. Or perhaps you've been uh, nodding along as I've been speaking. Uh, You've heard it all before. But actually you know deep down when you really consider it, you're not sure you actually believe it. Perhaps it's that. Perhaps you've had a bad experience in prayer and need to know afresh why and how you can pray in confidence. Or perhaps even you already do feel like you're in that place, that you are completely free to approach the Lord in prayer. You know that in your soul. And you take joy in it. And you exercise it regularly on a daily basis And if that's you, then this morning perhaps uh, you can help us, fellow brothers and sisters, uh, by praying on our behalf. So what I'd like to do now, uh, as the band come up um, to lead us again, what I'd like to do now is, uh, is pray on behalf of us all here this morning. 
uh, that the knowledge of God and of our relationship to him would invade us deep within. Shall we stand together as we pray? Let's stand. And as we... uh, as I pray, just after we're going to sing as well, this song that proclaims some of these things. And we'll use that as our prayer too. So, perhaps as we pray, you might want to picture yourself walking into a room and just sitting there or standing there as your Heavenly Father with arms open wide. Perhaps you might want to visualise that. Loving Father God, I approach you now in confidence on behalf of all of us here this morning. I approach you in confidence Because I know that your Son, Jesus Christ, is my light, my salvation, and that you are the stronghold of my life. I ask you, Father, to move amongst us now by your Holy Spirit, that we might hear this morning gain a deep and supernatural knowledge of who we are and who we can be in you. If there are any amongst us approaching you in prayer for the very first time this morning, Lord, I pray right now that you would reveal your marvellous truth to them and shine that light of salvation into their lives right now. And as we sing now, Lord, help us to rest, to take joy and proclaim who we are in you, that we might not leave this place unchanged this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.